some reason, Nick seems to just have an echoey voice. You reckon? Just standard, yeah. Like I'll be editing and be like, "Fuck, where's this? all this echo come from?" <laughs> and I'll mine, I'll um, I'll mute the other ones and be like, "No, it's still there. It's just <laughs> Nick." <laughs> All right, let, let's fucking roll into this. Yeah. Sh- should all I? Right. Um, all right. Hey, welcome to episode. This is a special episode. We. Uh, this is a special episode. I don't even think if it, it's it's numbered. It's not even numbered. Not it's, even. It's going to be like dev chat. We we're still here with Reese. Yep. And uh, still we're, we're talking. Let, let's get deep. Let, let's talk about. Let's talk about Reese. <laughs> <laughs> Who I am as a person. <laughs> yeah. We we just want to get to know. Where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Reese? <laughs> <laughs> Who is Reese? Um, <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I hear he's a zombie on the X Six Twilight Strand. Actually, oh seriously, you, you <laughs> freaking got yourself in the game somehow. This is, this is all Eric. This oh, is all Eric. Man, you know when I, we, I think uh, when I think we were looking into Rays or Ziz or someone. Oh man, it was great. It was it was great. Actually. And wait, are you actually in? You you haven't seen? No, but hey, we we have photogrammetry. Oh yeah, can, photogrammetry rocks and cliffs we, and stuff. Yeah. We we can capture you, Reese. We can, oh we yeah! Can actually Holy crap! Because uh, early photogrammetry talks were, I want to put myself in Act Four Town. Oh, <laughs> and um, after a weekend of playing around with cameras and stuff, I was like, all right, there's way too much work. Fuck this. Uh, <laughs> felt like a tiny Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I I could be in that garden, man. <laughs> I could be that dude. You could be that dude digging. <laughs> yeah. Be the guy fishing off the pier, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Like shit, I could do anything out out with the uh, the rowers or whatever. Oh yeah. All right, um, Reese, how did you get started? You're a programmer at Grinding Gear. Yep. We're all old ass people. <laughs> You're from Otago. Yeah. So, uh, born and raised in Dunedin, in mm-hmm. South Island of New Zealand. Um, when I was in high school, I mean, I was playing games like quite. Uh, I was playing um, Sega Mega Drive, Sonic the Hedgehog you, 2 and stuff yep, throughout my childhood. Days. Yeah, Battletoads. I, uh, I didn't get Battletoads, but yep. man, those Sonic games were the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was in high school, uh, our family upgraded to a fancy new computer. And I got the old computer. Oh, <laughs> nice. Cool. An old XT from the mid-80s or something. Oh, Had all of maybe like... Four megs of disk space and like was it all DOS prompts? Oh yeah, DOS, stuff? just oh. DOS. Like you know, it was stupid question, man. Get out. <laughs> like six forty kilobytes of memory or something, and mm-hmm. uh, and on there I had Q Basic, the old school. The only thing uh, that ran programming. <laughs> <laughs> it had some games actually. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, it had Q Basic, which very simple, and I basically just taught myself using the built-in um help manual Mm -hmm. i got a couple of books out of the library as well and so i spent several years just mucking around with that and basically teaching myself um basic yeah i made some games everyone has that sort like the when you're a programmer yeah you happen to come across the computer you've got all this downtime you, you you could this was back in the day where 
when you had a Commodore, you had to program your game <laughs> in order to play it. Like, yeah, I did a couple kids, of those. Kids don't know what they're I used, missing out on. I used to hear, uh, I think my uncle was doing stuff like that, and he would say, like, he was telling me, like, you'd get these magazines mm. that were, like, computer magazines, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, here's this game, Luna Lander or whatever, and it's just, like, pages and pages and pages of code that you had to, like, yeah, yeah. input Manually yourself. type in. And there's no, like, uh, if, if there's an error... You have to go through it like manually to figure out like where you put the wrong slash yeah. or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah, I did a couple of those. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. What happened to that computer? It lasted a long time, mm. but eventually it it died. Oh no! It, by that point, I had moved on. I think. So yeah, in high school, I was making crappy little games just. I was doing all the graphics myself, mm-hmm. like literally draw a circle here, draw a rectangle here, mm-hmm. and then times a thousand to try and get, try and, you know, um, make something that look reasonable. Mm-hmm. I think I actually ended up implementing my own version of effectively MS Paint. Oh. Well. So like, because it didn't come with anything like that, so I had right. to make my own. Yeah. <laughs> and then I could use that to like store bitmap files and use those for graphics eventually. Wow. Holy. I mean, I was never that much of an artist, but, you know, I made some, like, little skeletons that are, like, 10 pixels high or something and made them wander around a dungeon or whatever. Yeah, oh, could, dude, you, could you class them as cool. uh, skeletons with 10 pixels? Or skinny white people? I don't know. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were they're meant to be skeletons. Okay. But, um, yeah, um, and then... After high school, I enrolled at the University of Otago, also in Dunedin, Mm -hmm. and I did a computer science degree there and moved on to some more real programming languages like C and C++. Um, And then that's that's where I met uh, Mark One, actually. Very cool. Oh, wait, that's not true. I met him in high school. Oh, wow. We went to to university together as well, Mm -hmm. did lots of programming things. We even did a collaboration project um, to create a like a rendering the Mandelbrot set, which I don't know if you know what that is. Okay, so basically, it's a math equation that draws pretty pictures. Oh, cool! Like a fractal, right? Right. But it's computationally very expensive. Hmm. But it draws really cool pictures. You might even have seen some of these things with like these black circles layered together in different crazy color schemes, branching off them and stuff. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So Mark and I both did a computer science degree, uh, and after four years, I I think, yeah, not, not long after I graduated, um, I was looking on Trade Me or something, for uh, looking online for programming jobs. Mm-hmm. And there was one job in game development. I was like, man, that would be perfect. But like, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. Turns out, odds were good enough. Nice. <laughs> you showed up to a garage so, and were like, this is it. Yeah, like, Chris called me on the phone and he seemed keen. And I flew up to Auckland and hung out with them. And yeah, it all worked out pretty well in the end. Mm-hmm. And now, almost nine years later. <laughs> man, that's crazy. <laughs> And then, yeah, then Mark joined the company as well, like, um, not too long after I joined. Right. 
Is that, so, uh, I mean, that, that would be your influence, right? You'd be like, hey, I know another awesome program. Well, yeah, at the time, um, one of our other programmers quit, and I was like, hey, we got an opening for a programmer, man. Cool. Come, come check us out. Yeah. How is the, um, how's the Genghis? <laughs> how's the, uh, uh, yep. No, um, sorry, nine years. When's your, uh, when is it officially nine years? Because I, I, I started, uh, started September, so in a couple of months, it'll be my nine year anniversary. All right. Oh. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close behind you. Yeah. Yeah. You joined pretty, not long after me, actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how many years are you sitting on? Uh, I'll be nine years this, in, in November. Ah, oh, yeah, man. You guys nice. are old. <laughs> With some old ass. I'm just coming up to five. <clears throat> and, and the Dunedin video game scene. Do, do you go back often? Because uh, uh, Dean Rocket Hall of of Daisy fame is down there now. He's got a studio. There. I heard that. Yeah, uh, I go back to Dunedin every year or so to visit the folks. Mm. Um, I haven't really looked at the uh, development scene down there though. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there's always been a couple companies doing some interesting programming stuff but um i remember was um way way back uh when i was studying i think the uh america's cup like uh visualization people were down there and they were i remember them talking like they did a talk at me design school i I think for some reason uh and uh i think it was they were saying things like uh they actually had like they could get very accurate data on where the boats were but they actually had to fudge it because like they didn't want to give like you you, it didn't want to be a tool for the the teams to be using to like figure out like strategies for each other yeah yeah yeah. they they didn't want to be they couldn't be too accurate because then Uh, it would just get used like yeah yeah you know the um the University of, of Otago's uh, computer graphics department, back in like the 80s, they were the ones who made those old Bluebird commercials with the penguins and everything. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know if you remember those. I remember I those, remember yeah. Those were like, they had sharks in them. That was like... <laughs> it, they had a killer whale. That was like right up there technology-wise back in the day. Oh, man. <laughs> They're probably like, all at Weta now, those guys. Maybe. Like what's, what's left of it? Do, do, do they... There's, some of the um, professors are still there. Very cool. Yeah. It, that, that like, creating art for video games is moving constantly. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. That, to the point where I went to media design school a couple of months ago to mark the, the student's paper. Oh, cool. It was like a, it was like a disputed uh, thing where they had to get external people to come in and, and, really? and, and write a paper. Anyway, the other guy that was there who works at another institution, he he grew up teaching... Well, he, he sorry, he was teaching 3D in the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. right? And he only knows Maya. Right. But modern Maya, he, he doesn't know anything about it. Oh, really? It's crazy. Yeah, so like th- there's this generational gap already like in, well, um, in 3d when i st- when i was uh when i started the uh, games course at me design school yep. uh our art teacher there he worked on he was an american guy and he worked on some uh playstation one games in the 90s mm-hmm. so his, all his all his like art stuff was all like doing like uh like 
256 textures yeah, yeah, and yeah. like all this kind of stuff <clears throat> and he had like we weren't going to do any zbrush no normal mapping like yep. nothing like that yeah it's all about those uh diffuse maps <laughs> yeah it's, it's all it's all about that and then um he actually ended up getting like let go because uh he, he wasn't keeping up with like modern stuff you know yeah and they were like look you, you can't not teach your students like zbrush and stuff because what they're gonna gonna send a a CV, a resume to a thing, being like, "Look at my my two fifty six textures." It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's not look a, how optimized. These yeah, UVs look how optimized are. these are. <laughs> Sixteen colors, like yeah. It, it'd yeah. be amazing to talk to professors, especially like mm. uh, teaching visual, like computer graphics, mm-hmm. about about computer graphics today, just because yeah. it's moved so, so far since then, like. Five years, you're kind of out of date. Like, yeah, dude. Like photogrammetry stuff is coming in more and more. It's like, and I'm, I don't even know what's next. You know, yeah. it's 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 cool. Uh, um, mm. what what's your uh, typical day like, day to day? Going into the office, you, you've been yeah. doing it for nine years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, every day I come in in the morning and work for anywhere from. <laughs> Eight to twelve hours, depending on how close the deadline some, is. Yeah, you must have been doing some serious hours the last couple of weeks. There was a bit of a push for the um, for the beta launch, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I have a quite a variety of tasks um, on my to do list. I guess there's generally anywhere from twenty to forty different things. Jeez. Some small, some big. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I get a bit of choice in some, in some ways about what I feel like doing at the time. Like, oh, maybe I'll implement this quest, or maybe I'll fix that bug, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, uh, more urgent things will pop up. Like, oh no, there's a crash on beta. We have to fix it because thousands of players are getting disconnected, or whatever. And then, okay, that one jumps to the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's always a bit of collaboration and discussion with um, with the level design crew and possibly the designers um, or uh, the production managers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe some scheduling. Maybe some. Um, occasionally, there's there's big big programming features that need to be implemented. Mm-hmm. New systems. Um, I, I guess the most one of the most recent ones, I suppose, uh, implementing all the tech behind the labyrinth, which is I guess that's a little while ago now, but there's actually a lot going on behind the scenes that is quite different to how the rest of the game operates. Um, all the the labyrinth is not one self-contained thing. It's something like. 10 to 15 different instances they all share information between them and yeah okay sorry as I've an got, example I've, I've got nothing to add on this uh, I, yeah. um, Blake, oh, well, I was just thinking like the the labyrinth like talking about the labyrinth I remember like that I at the time I felt that was and maybe you did too that that was really pushing like what the game engine can kind of do because it was it was pretty ambitious. Yeah, actually. it was kind of insane. Like even art-wise, like 
the traps, like what, how we were going to implement them was changing constantly. And mm -hmm. I think the, the standard like spike traps are labeled like trap four or something because we'd gone through like several iterations of them before we actually like nailed it kind of thing. Yeah, there's even a few extra trap types we never ended up using yeah. because we, we decided just to cut them because they weren't... We, we decided we wanted this many, so we'll pick the best six mm. or whatever. Yeah. And there's even more changes to Labyrinth coming. I think what they posted publicly about some of them. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We, we shouldn't... Think they did, our man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, let's just go ahead and talk about them. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, coming into the like starting to work at the company, I was one of these guys that was, I didn't play Magic. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Oh, I enough. I was never really into Diablo two. I never got an appreciation for these two things until I started working at Grinding Gear. Mm -hmm. what, what What about yourself, Reese? Well, I was heavily into Magic, but I had not played Diablo mm. or Diablo two. Yep. Actually, you're so into Magic that you you called like the encyclopedia just because you could <laughs> rattle off like flavor text as well. Oh as, wow! Like, uh, I I used to be really deep into Magic, mm. and I knew. I mean, this is a maybe five or six years ago now, but I was very familiar with pretty much every Magic card in existence, mm -hmm. and so. I but knew, then Monster Hunter happened, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> there's some truth to that, I suppose. Is, is that is that what happened? Can, can well, you pin it down? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess I gradually started playing less and less Magic over time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I used to have a regular crew. We would play every week, making decks and just playing Chaos multiplayer, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and that was fun for a while, but... Um, I mean, it can be very expensive um, staying up to date with Magic. Mm. They, I mean, they release like hundreds of new cards every three or four months. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, w w which is fun to find new tricks and find new combos and make new decks and things. But um, I mean, after probably 12 to 15 years of playing Magic, I guess of you're a little burnt out i guess i've moved on in some ways mm. oh moved on to monster hunter <laughs> oh i guess what um i still appreciate magic for what it is and i still play occasionally but mm -hmm. are there other card games that have like taken their place like i mean there's netrunner and netrunner is pretty it's a pretty recent phenomenon i guess that's get, gained a lot of traction mm -hmm. i don't play it myself though it's almost a new language Oh, like I don't know if you've heard people talking about Netrunner, but like yeah, it's just like white noise. <laughs> it's a lot. It's this chain of sci-fi terms or cyberpunk <laughs> terms strung together, and it's like oh, you can do this, this, and this, and it's it's intriguing, but I, I've not fallen down that rabbit hole myself. Right. Um, were you were you blown away when uh, when you heard Brian was one of the founders of the company? Actually, yes. When I when I first came up for a drop interview, I was hoping to meet him, yep. but sadly, he was living in the US. So, yeah, yep. he he's got some awesome stories. He does. Uh, I'd love to have him on. So, for for listeners, you want to uh, his name Brian is his name is Brian Weisman, and uh, well, he he's just a magic legend. Like back in the day, he he's he's got yeah, back in the like early well, like ninety, especially ninety four, ninety five. I think he was like at the 
like the top tier of um, professional magic play. Mm. And he pioneered pioneered this this one deck called the deck oh. <laughs> because it just dominated everyone else. Wow! And I think he I think he won some pretty big tournaments with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's awesome, and he's just a really cool guy to to talk to. He's like he he's, mm-hmm. he can he can just keep talking, and he's he, he's really interesting. Um, uh, I'm sure he'll be back in the country at some point. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to ask him to, to come on. Yeah, for sure, man. I never know when he's coming, though. It's just like <laughs> I'll just see him in someone's office and be like, oh. We, we have a here. checklist, and it is we've got to get Chris on sometime. We're, for some oh. reason, we just haven't asked him. Oh, yeah. and, um, and Brian. Yeah. Um, so that would be really cool. <clears throat> um, let, let's, let's talk about a... Uh, Let's talk about Path of Exile. You've, you've worked yep. about Path of Exile. Man, do, it do has you, changed so much since I started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, dude, I, I remember when I used to be able to see every all the art being committed. Mm-hmm. I used to, I could even give feedback on like art coming in, like being committed. And now it's reached a point where I'll update in the morning. I'll have a look like really quickly over the logs and then I'll be like, all right, the build's green. I'm going to work on my thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because I've got such a backlog of, of things to do. Mm. Um, and there's so much stuff going on. Like, Yeah, it's the same for you? you. You can't even check out all the art anymore. Like, You can only have your own stuff or maybe someone else's, but there's just like terabytes of data now. Oh, yeah. Uh, raw art, you don't even want to yeah, yeah. try to <laughs> back up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do you have a favorite class? Let, let's just... Favorite character class? Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed playing um, a, a duelist using Sunder um, semi-recently. And he has some great quotes. And a cool red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red makes you go faster, apparently. <laughs> but is, it, is it true what they say about the duelist? That he he was modeled after after Eric, or is that just a rumor that I've like Eric. propagated? D- he doesn't look like anything him. like Eric. I know, I know but, but early on. <laughs> well, anyway, maybe that's just something I heard. All right, there's, yeah. no, there's no merit to that at all. Let, let that's me, let me that's just, pretty great. That's canon now. <laughs> let me just the, um, the voice actor for the duelist basically is the duelist. Oh yeah, like red shirt, like his. In real life, him as a person is basically the same character. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's great to hear. Oh, what, what, like w- when it came to casting, you were like, "Wait a minute, I don't even need to hear this guy." <laughs> Walked in with a massive red shirt. Uh, this guy. Yeah. You, should, you should ask Eric more about it. I'm, I only know it, like secondhand information, but okay. I hear that um, when they were organizing the uh, recording session mm. for the voice actor, the duelist, they're like, "Okay." We're really busy. We can only do it at this time. Can you make it? And he's like, well, I'm supposed to be working, but fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> he was more keen. Yeah. He was real keen. Yeah. Um, what other... What's your favorite game? Well, <laughs> we've covered this. <laughs> Monster Hunter Freedom Unite for PSP. Dude, I, okay. All right. This is the thing I heard uh, from... From a workmate, Peric. Yeah, you're so into Monster Hunter mm-hmm. that you are making a Pokedex 
Four miles to 100. Oh, my God. Talk about it, man. Uh, this not, is, this not is quite a or something. Yeah. But I do make a... I do... In my spare time, I make a little tool. Yeah. While Reese isn't playing Monster Hunter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Monster Hunter mm. has lots and lots of armor. Mm. Like, you think Path of Exile has lots of armor pieces that has to get rigged to character classes and stuff? Uh, Reese, yes, yes, I do believe that because I've had to... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I'm fully aware. <laughs> but Monster Hunter, I think the re- uh, the most recent one had like 900? Holy shit. Different uh, yeah, are you armor bo- pieces. Okay. So, some of them shared 3D art, I think. But... Um, this is the order of magnitude we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. That's 900 different helmets, mm. different boots, gloves, Holy shit. body armor pieces. Okay. Like, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And how, mu- how much of that would an average player see in a playthrough? Uh, well, if you play through just the, um, the solo campaign, maybe half. Okay. And then if you go more into the multiplayer in-game and stuff, you can probably see easily see like 80% plus. There's also a lot of um th- this includes a lot of like DLC gear as well. Right. Um they do a lot of like sponsored content and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like so these are it's all it's all free, but yeah. they're like special tough quests you can download and then if you complete the quest you get um, Mountain Dew armor, special, yeah, <laughs> special crafting tickets and stuff. Anyway, the way the game works is that um, every piece of armor gives you points towards passive skills. Hmm. Okay, and only when you reach certain point thresholds uh, do you get the skill. So you need ten points of, say, the attack skill to get a small attack boost. If you get 15 points or 20 points, um, you get more. And there's other skills that um, you just need 10 points and you get uh, increased sharpness on your weapon or something. Or minus 10 points reduces your attack, for example. Mm. So armor can give you plus or minus to these skill points. You also have slots in the armor to put like gems that give you more skill points or take away skill points. So it's quite complicated. And you can mix and match different armors to get the skill points you want, to get the skills you want. Right? Why do you? Why would you want to take away skill points? Or is that just well, a you balancing don't, you thing? You don't generally want to. It's just some it, armors do give you negative points. Right. But yeah. that's like, is I mean, that's is that like a balancing thing? Like they'll give some skill points, but then minus in some other... Generally, most armor will give you like two or three positive yep. ones and maybe one negative. Okay, yeah. Um just as a drawback kind of thing. So, as you can imagine, with like 900 different pieces of armor, all giving different amounts of skill points Mm. and stuff, figuring out the right armor combinations to give you the right skills is no small task. Um, That's where you come in with your... (laughs) That's where I come in. (laughs) Now, isn't there a wiki or something? (laughs) This turned into an infomercial. So, <laughs> so <laughs> of course, it. if you don't want to go deep into this, you can just go, okay, I'm going to wear this particular set of armor. Like, I'm going to hunt the Rathalos, the Red Dragon, like, ten times or whatever. It'll give me enough pieces to build the full Rathalos armor set. Hmm. As a full set, it gives you 
like three good skills and maybe one bad skill and you can mm. get rid of the bad skill with some gems and yep. maybe maybe squeeze in another extra good skill with using the gem slots or whatever. But once you get to things like the end game, where you've got most of these armors unlocked, there is a massive possibility space for getting mm. some really, really nice skill combinations that you just don't get from pure armor sets. So finding those mix, mixed sets is uh, pretty tough to do by hand. Mm. I mean, you, you kind of can sit down with a pencil and paper or maybe a spreadsheet right. and figure out some of these things. Or... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I made this tool called Athena's Armor Set Search, which is a little Windows utility that has all the data you need and you just select the skills you want and click search. And it will do all the hard work for you, basically. And depending on how greedy you are with the skills you want, yeah. you might find anywhere from eight to 80,000 different combinations that will get you there. And uh, how much do we expect to pay for this app? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely free. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just doing this out of the good of my heart, I guess. That's awesome, dude. Do, do you have, have a website and stuff that people can find it? Uh, basically, well, I used to, but I, I used to have it on a host on a forum, but mm -hmm. unfortunately, that sadly the uh, Minigard forums closed down a while ago. Oh. So, which used to be the home of this, but so now I literally just have a Facebook page because it's easy oh dude we we'll we can link to that yeah. on our, our facebook page Athena's armor well. set search it's on facebook um it has a cute picture of a little baby monster getting fed because it's cute um <laughs> be like you need to you need to grow up and become my armor set <laughs> yes um it's only for for windows um Maybe one day there'll be like a Mac version or a, a portable phone version or right. something. But for now, it's just a Windows. That's, that's where the money is in the, um, in the phone app, I think. You get one of those. And one thing to bear in mind is that these computations are quite expensive. Like when I started this project a good 10 years ago. Oh, shit. Um, phones were not. They just didn't have the right CPU power to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, like it's a massive parallel search like 900 to the power of five it's a big number Jeez, are you also like i mean when new games come out mm. you're updating this thing as well right yeah so there's a different version of the program for every monster hunter game right pretty much yeah so uh, yeah i have to sit down and collaborate with some of the japanese players to oh, wow. get all the data you are hardcore man. yeah this is yeah. this is amazing <laughs> Yeah, I've I've probably spent hundreds, if not thousands, of hours over the last ten years um, tweaking and adding new features and Shit. such. Dude, is this like a a no a well known tool in the community? Like, if I went on Reddit and yeah. would people be talking about this? I think so. Uh, I, I think it's. I think people know. Yeah. Yeah. So you thought you were a fan, but shit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Reese, the guy? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. well, b- back in the day, um, there was just a form thread. People would post, hey, help me figure out what kind of... Oh, yeah. They'd just find a way to get it. these skills. Yeah. And, like a, yeah, like a crowdsourcing thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know... Computers can do this, solve this problem a lot better than a human can. <laughs> man, they're taking they're taking our jobs, man. You're, you're part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let, let's uh, move on to this other question. Um, yeah. If if Path of Exile did not exist, what would you be doing? Where do you see yourself in a world without Path of Exile? Well, as I think I said, when I was first looking at programming for programming jobs in New Zealand, mm. there was one game development job. Oh, but uh, that I could find. Yeah, but she interactive was the thing. Oh, I know. I know there were other um, development studios around, mm. but not many, and they weren't actively hiring at the time. Right. Yeah. So, so much of the game industry, I feel like you have to know, like, you have you have to go to the studio and and basically say, "Hey, you guys hiring?" And then someone might be like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, we actually are." It's like, well, I didn't see an ad, man. <laughs> Why didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I I might have got managed to find work there but i reckon if it weren't for grinding gear games i would have ended up in a much less interesting job at a i don't know a bank or something just doing some kind of like database analysis or something yeah what does that entail do you know what those guys do is uh, it really exciting and you just make it basically basically (laughs) statistics okay you could automate all that gathering shit, right? information. <laughs> oh yeah, well, of course. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's all sorts of things. But maintaining databases to, um, just processing vast quantities of data to try and find trends and various things. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's okay, but um, I think game development really is my passion. So yeah, you you must have known this pretty early. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this this job is literally a dream come true for me. So, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And you got it like straight out of university. Yeah. Have you have you worked any other like jobs? I've not worked any what? other full time jobs. Um, I mean, have, during you... university, I had various part time work. Yeah. Including teaching. Oh, cool. Or like tutoring, um, programming, and such. And I actually really enjoyed that. I mean, I could easily see myself uh, maybe one day retiring to a less stressful life, um, teaching programming or something. At Otago University? Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. You'd be one of these professors, you know. Yeah, man. (laughs) Back in my day. (laughs) (laughs) We only had... Got to stay up with the changing technology of programming as well, of course. Um, what, what book or film or game had the strongest impact on you in terms of inspiration and is, and is a big part of who you are today? (laughs) Can can you, can you nail it? Can you, can you pull it right back to a, to to Uh, some form of entertainment? What, what made Reese? What made Reese? (laughs) Me? Gosh. Um, I guess some of the... Let me list some of the influential media, I guess, mm-hmm. I had growing up. 
So I don't know if you've seen this movie called Spaceballs. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen that like a dozen times at least. I've, mm-hmm. I, I've seen the ripoff so like Star Wars of it though. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the serious take on it. It's yeah, nowhere near as good. That's probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Dude, it's such a it's such a classic. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Two was a massive. Um, man, I just played that game so much in my childhood. Uh, H- how do you feel about Sonic now? Are you still a fan? Are you bummed out that he's just not? I don't know. He's 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 like a shadow of his former self. <laughs> I reckon 3D has not not really worked well. well for Sonic. Yeah, I mean maybe it's possible, but all the good Sonic games, um, all the ones I've enjoyed have been 2D ones. Mm. There are actually there are actually some pretty decent ones on Game Boy Advance. Okay. Which were, were still 2D. Um, I enjoyed those as well, but Sonic 2, Sonic 3 back on the Mega Drive. Man, those games were great. I, I, I wonder why there hasn't been a um, like really high-res 2D Sonic game. You know? Like, because they've tried 3D so much and it just... It's not working out for them, but like cutting it back to just straight two D with modern, awesome like two D art would be mm-hmm. amazing. I'd be keen. I think yeah. I think there's a new Sonic game coming out. I know this because my good mate is really into Sonic, and oh, yeah. I and I ask him how he feels about Sonic, mm-hmm. and he is so much of a fanboy that I can't get an honest answer out of him. <laughs> He's great. Nothing's <laughs> wrong with it. I love all those three D games. Perfect, yeah. Get off my back, Perfect. man. So much better than Mario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's how the conversation. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot and suck a dick. <laughs> um, so, but but he tells me that there's a new Sonic game coming out. Yeah. It's going to be a throwback to what it was back in two and three. Isn't that what Sonic Four was meant to be? Yeah, there's been so, there's mm. been a couple I think that have been like, yeah, we're going back to the roots, but it's still been like three D and not. Not not far enough to the roots, I think, is the problem. Yeah. Hmm. But, but it sounds like you're smart about it, whereas you, you, you recognize that 3D wasn't good for him. And, and I definitely agree as well. Because yeah, it, I haven't... Uh, 3D just doesn't feel like Sonic to me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's too much. There's too many dimensions for the game. It's well, an the game? extra dimension that just, he, doesn't, well, he doesn't like. <laughs> I mean, the game's all about jumping... And in the 3D, that's real hard. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like jumping and managing all the platforms and collecting all the rings mm. and doing all this stuff. Mm. Not to mention jumping technical on limits. enemies. You know, like okay. in 3D. Uh, like I, I, I think I think with 3D, didn't he have like a uh, homing? He, he would kind of he would when you double dash, he would jump up and then he would like barrel roll into the enemy. I, I thought wasn't that a mechanic? I, I don't, I don't yeah, remember. maybe. Mm, okay, maybe um, I'm just making up bullshit. Maybe, maybe oh, I don't know. <laughs> I could believe it. I did see. Uh, I think maybe it was in the last Sonic game. I did see they had levels that were reminded me of the special levels of uh, the old Sonic games. Oh yeah, they were like the the half pipe that you were like running around on. Yep. yep. Yeah, they had something that looked very much like that, where you're sort of all 3D and you're like jumping over things and and yeah, it looked that looked cool. Yeah. But, um, I don't yes. know if that was just one small thing of the game or the whole game. Yeah, Sonic 1 through 3 all had these weird special zones to get mm. the Chaos Emeralds. They were, the gameplay was actually very different. Yeah. 
like in Sonic One, it was this weird rotating level where the mm. the walls would disappear as you touch them. Mm. Then Sonic Two had the half pipe. Yeah, that's one I remember. And then Sonic Three had like a three D, uh, like walking around the surface of a sphere kind of thing. Oh, weird level. Yeah, they were very different from the the rest of the gameplay of the game. I kind of liked that though, like because they did make. I mean, they called special that's... stages and made them very special, being so different. Yeah, well, I think that might have been part of why they tried moving into three D. Yeah, but, maybe. Mm, I don't know if they work for the core gameplay or not. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. What else do you have in terms of media that influenced you? Ooh, how how were you with Lord of the Rings? Ah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, man. Lord of the Rings is great. <laughs> it is great. Like, uh, I remember when I, when I was real small, my dad would read The Hobbit to me and my brothers. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know if... I think I... I think he read Lord of the Rings to my brothers, but I just read it myself in the end. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. I remember uh, in primary school, uh, that's elementary school for the Americans... <laughs> Uh, we had a teacher that read us The Hobbit, and she did the voices and stuff. And she did a voice yeah. that is, was exactly like Andy Serkis's Gollum, like twenty oh. years before. Yes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, those movies are fucking great. Mm. I guess the, Ma- oh. the first Matrix movie, maybe. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty darn good back in the day. It's, Kinda, it's still good, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, that like what has become from those two sequels? I think of like in some people's minds overshadows how good the first one actually was. Yeah, man, the first one was great. Yeah. And it really kind of opened my eyes to what was possible with the whole like bullet time thing. Like mm. that was like mind blowing back then. Yeah. Cause oh, so- dude, dude, the story was freaking good too. Like also that they, they nailed yep. it on so many fronts. And also, I don't know if you guys remember, but they gave nothing of that story away in trailers or anything like oh yeah the whole marketing campaign what is the matrix yeah yeah and i went to see it knowing nothing like with the question in my head well what is the matrix and then mind blown blown away <laughs> just like holy shit yep. and then and also like could that type of thing exist now with like you know spoiler culture and leaks and like people oh, on right. the internet and and stuff because that was like late 90s where internet was around but i mean there was no reddit that was just like you know, leaking stuff all over the place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I think we should probably probably wrap up here, unless you have something. Yeah, actually, I've got a question. <laughs> um, yeah, hot or cold leftover pizza? How do you feel? Hot pizza, man. Hot. Yep. What, do you have a microwave? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. how I roll. <laughs> do you do you at least do what Jonathan mentioned on the last podcast, where you put the microwave on low and leave it for like ten minutes or something? Not usually, no. no. Oh, you you're just one minute on high, bro. Holy crap! <laughs> it's fine. <Woo. laughs> Man, that's something. You're you're like opposites. Yeah, I think we are. We're the exact opposite. Because I'm like I'm stone cold. Like I'm cold pizza. I'm man. like I'll have cold pizza. I I have a very strong thing against reheating almost anything. Like really? I won't like this is cold coffee I'm drinking here I'm not reheating what? it like what? yeah <laughs> you're um, insane I I think you're insane like 
<laughs> All right, and then we got we got one other question. Um, All right, you you might have heard Nick go on and on about this uh, space or dinosaurs. <laughs> does Nick go on and on? I about think he this? does. <laughs> space, no question. Yeah. What, why why space? Because out in space, there probably are dinosaurs. Not in space. Well, you know, <laughs> on, on other planets. <laughs> Is this, so that's not space. Is this the thing? Okay. Is this is like I'm I seriously think that this question is so unrefined that it just do you, okay, do you want it to be dinosaurs or alien planet? Or infinity. <laughs> or alien planet. I thought you mean space like space travel, like, yeah, like Star that's, Trek. That's what it's supposed like, to be, yeah. It's it's actually the the way I like it to be um phrased is that it's your interpretation of the two. Okay. Where you're just given space or dinosaurs and whatever you interpret from those. Th- I feel that- like the interesting part of the dinosaurs side of the argument is more the time travel aspect. Oh, I was, I, I was, I was, I'm assuming mm. my interpretation is like mm. going back in time to see dinosaurs. Sure, man, or that, that could be it too. But the- as opposed to like Jurassic Park or something. Like, or like yeah. See, I, I thought it was a Jurassic Park situation. Mm. Uh, but it, I mean, mm. it doesn't really matter. Like, like okay, Jurassic Park's fine. But I think there's so much more potential in space the exploration. The, the 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 cold space, just just cold space, <laughs> where no microwaves. Other planets, <laughs> other stars, asteroids, whatever. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, what about dinosaurs or time travel? Oh, no, space or time travel? Well, I think time travel is a dangerous rabbit hole to go down. You could time travel in space forward. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly. Uh, weird, st- weird stuff with time that happens as yep. you, you know, start getting relativistic effects. But time travel it really depends on how the universe works and how the time travel works. Oh, so you you don't want there, to... there are different theories of time travel. You see, well, what about the Back to the Future time travel, where you start like fading away if you undo your own existence and stuff? Sure. Well, that sounds real fun. <laughs> if I, well, if just I have don't a go DeLorean near your... that will take me just. Casually, like a tourist back in time, that that sounds fun. Sure, mm. it's yeah. also pretty dangerous. It's it's only a DeLorean though. <laughs> only a DeLorean, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's a fucking DeLoreans are cool, man. If you're gonna travel back in time. You may as well do it in style, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in this old ass DeLorean. <laughs> yeah. Right, is that it? Should, yep. should we wrap I think up? That's it. Let's All wrap right. it up. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It was oh, great having, having you. Me. It's been fun. All right, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, we're, we're on social media. Uh, Nick will be back on the next episode. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> see you later, guys. You guys drink Tui? Yeah. Blake fucking <laughs> loves it, man. Dude. It's uh, you're the one who's getting all the chewy bottles in the yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why every time there's an office party, yeah. I'm constantly on mic saying, like, get more chewy. Like, the people want more chewy. Yeah, and, and it's really, just, it's just me. Just you. <laughs> just you, man. I have a chewy t-shirt or, or, like, polo thing because I bought... Yeah, there was, right. There was some sort of... <laughs> yeah. Because there was some kind of, like, promotion happening and they were just like, here, do you want this chewy t-shirt? You come in here a lot. <laughs> Jeez. Literally the poster child. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't worn it though because look shit. <laughs> <laughs>